A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I, I know I'll get heat for this. He is so shit. <laughs> he is so sh- He's like, he's on another planet. But I, it's, All it's, the time. It's showtime, folks. This is where the big boys play, huh? Woo! And look at He's ready. Oh, yeah. It's going to be the biggest battleground in the history of our sport. It's the Cold Holland Classic Nitro Review. Look at that. We know when it's peaking, don't come a sneaking. It's Tom Campbell. <laughs> For the Girls on a Classic Niger Review, joined by WCW boy Sam Driver. Hello, how are you doing? We are coming in quite hot there. Is that is hot, that all right? I'm, hot to trot. I think I'm a bit quieter than you in the mix. I'm always quiet, yeah. mate. We should... There we go. We should be kind of on the level. It'll be fine. So long as we're not seeing any red. Sorry, headphone users. It has been a hot minute. It has. Since we did one of these. Fuck me. <laughs> it, like, I, we were supposed to get straight in, and we had a whole plan. It was like, we'll shoot a few of them. We'll shoot yeah. a few of them every week. And we week. did, to be and fair. And we did, and then I went and got fucking COVID. <laughs> So, got COVID, was off work, just two straight weeks we couldn't do anything, and then come back, and then rumble build up, and then rumble, and now, finally. (laughs) (laughs) And back in the office, because, like, there was, like, a a little period of time where we all went home again. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, restrictions, and and now national insurance is going up, because, you know, they're not paying for it, so it's on us. Is that the news today, the national insurance contributions? Yeah, like, well, it's been on the news for quite some time, but Uh, uh, it just seems to be that the exact amount that was written off by that grubby government to all of their grubby little <laughs> shitty cunty mates. Uh, sorry. Politics um, banter. Yeah, it just so happens to be like just just about the, the same amount as a national insurance hike for a year. Oh, isn't that interesting? But you know, works. fuck us, right? You know, climbing energy prices, climbing broadband prices. But no, let's vote again for another fucking decade of shit. It's good to be back. It's good to be British, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. It's better, and it's better to fucking. be... <laughs> It's like, oh, and just one more thing before we start. All these people who are like, oh, yeah, well, we're a great nation. It's like, we were a great nation. We fought World War fucking too. We <laughs> defeated, we helped defeat the Nazis. And now, you know, you, you get locked in the house. Yes, it sucks, but it's not, oh, my God. It's not even comparable. 
just yeah. you got an issue, Sam. Too much you should come out and too say much it. Twitter is what my issue is. You got to get off that. Twitter. I, I try, and then you just get sucked into the trending mm. tab because it knows that I'm just like fucking sorry. God, gotta get off and that. It just, yeah, it just boils my brain. I, I, when I was off <laughs> for the week, I actually deleted Twitter from my phone. I, I took, I think, a good week off mm. last time. I had some time off, but it was nice. But then just came barreling hard back into it. <laughs> <laughs> on the plus side, since since we've last got together, I fell down a flight of stairs. Yeah, you did. That's that, exciting. Uh, yeah, I I left on your birthday drinks, and uh, I which came was lovely, in, by the way. <laughs> I came in this morning. <laughs> I'm glad you had fun. I had a I, lovely we, time. We found out about it in secret and everything. We've been trying to just like kind of secretly go away, and and then yeah, you you turned up. You didn't know anything about it. It was grand. It was amazing. And then we went from uh, you know one bar to the next, and then I left, and then. You went to another, and I came in this morning. First time I've seen you since. Was how you doing? And what did you tell me? I said uh, I fell down a flight of stairs and I <laughs> completely knackered my leg. <laughs> it was the last pub. I blame Jack and uh, Dick oh. Tubbs, young Jamie. We were the final three on my surprise birthday party night out on Sunday, and uh, where the final pub we went to had a very steep flight of stairs. Yes. And uh, and some would say it's maybe quite... just natural imbalance. Some would say alcohol. Inebriation probably played a little factor. Bit of column A, bit of column but B. They're, they're tight stairs in this they box. I know the one you're talking about. But it's also got like an area to kind of the side of each step, mm. which doesn't help. It's just like a little skirting board that kind of juts out. But if you accidentally step on that, you're fucked. And I was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't think any more of it. I walked. I walked home. Yeah, and I, I mean, was. Which is—it's like, always good when you you take a massive tumble. You go, I'll walk it off. It's fine. I'll walk it off because I'd had a drink and I was just like, ah, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Woke up the next morning with like blood on the bed sheets and my jeans ripped to pieces. <laughs> and I was and, and in screaming agony. Oh. I was like, oh wow, the oh. alcohol really disguised how awful this was. Yeah. And I had big plans for my birthday day. The Monday I had off, I was gonna. I've been doing couch to five k again. Yeah. And I was gonna run. Like I got to the final week, which was. Gonna going to start on my birthday and there's something yeah. quite exciting about being able to say i've run the furthest as an adult on my 38th birthday i, I just didn't do it i well, couldn't technically move you, maybe you fell the furthest you've ever I fallen i definitely did <laughs> so i don't think i've thing. fallen that far <laughs> so I, I just spent the day just just i sat up on the sofa feeling sorry for myself because i was just like i can't really do anything today yeah because my leg hurts too much but do you know what it could have been worse i could have landed on my head and there could have been a whole yeah, different whole, kettle yeah, of fish. Yeah, that's, yeah, thankfully you didn't. Thankfully the brain is, is as shit as it always was. Yeah. No, but the leg is the leg is on the men. But it was honestly, it was lovely though, because um, we finished Cultaholic Live here on the Sunday. And Adam just said, Do you fancy a pint, Tom? I went, Yeah, sure. And uh, we went to a pub around the corner where where my good lady and everybody else was. Yeah. And I just said to Adam, what would you have done if I'd said no? Like the whole the whole ploy <laughs> to get me there was just go, there do you fancy a pint? I was there, like, wasn't, yeah. there wasn't really much other option. So we were kind of hoping that Alex had somehow subliminally like. <laughs> she just, she just, she'd asked me a few times, what time are you home on the Sunday? And I said, oh, I'll be about three-ish. And um, so I just thought, well, maybe she's wrapping a present or something and yeah. she doesn't want me to burst in. So even I messaged her and said, oh, I'm going to go for a pint with Adam. Uh, I'll be home in a bit. And she said, no worries, let me know when you're leaving. Yeah. And uh, which I thought, I just read as, oh, leaving the pub. Didn't think any more of it. Yeah. And then lo and behold, she sat in there with uh, a few of the guys from Triple Jump and a few of the guys who got on. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
What would you have done, Adam, if I'd said, no, I don't fancy a pint? Headlock, AJ Hazard, <laughs> yeah. you, you get the skill set out, barrel you into an Uber. It is, it was, but it was lovely to see everybody and the bottom of the stairs as well. I'm, I'm glad you had a nice time. I had a great <laughs> time. I'm, here, comes, here comes my 38th trip round the sun. Let it be memorable. But let's go back. I'd like to take us back today to 1995 when I was uh, about to begin my 12th trip around the sun. Yeah. Uh, God, I'm old. Uh, for WCW Nitro flavored goodness. <laughs> this is where Sam Driver and I watch every episode of Nitro from the very beginning all the way to its bitter end, or maybe one of ours. <laughs> Whichever <laughs> comes first. It's nearly happened. Um, are you all COVID free now? But I guess you have to be because you're in the office. But are you no, feeling... I, I specifically caught it again <laughs> to come in and lick everything. Well done, uh, as I'm you gonna, should. I, I just figure if we're on Spotify, we can spread as much misinformation. No. <laughs> Of course, I'm COVID free. Uh, I, I can, I can. Everyone's getting hiding from Sam today. It's great. It, it's you know, it, it's uh, yeah. I'm, I'm of, of course like mm. tested negative out the arse, and you know, it's it should be putting it there, mate. Let's put it. Let's <laughs> put it in your nostrils. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a weird. Like it's. It's not really had many effects on me, like residual ones. But my brain gets a bit foggy, so I might taper off, and you might have to lead me back. I um, I know people that had brain fog on it. Yeah, and I I can't get um I can't get to sleep like some Ever. nights. It, it just kind of goes like, oh, it's four a.m. and you're wide awake, and I'm like, oh, oh gosh, okay, you got like a weird insomnia thing. From your yeah, so well. like it, it just like every now and then, even mm. now, like uh, last night was another night. Like it's just sitting there, and I'm just kind of working away, um, just messing around with some software. And then it was like, fuck, like, it's three o'clock. I've got to get to fucking bed. I'm going to be up in like four hours. <laughs> Do you just find you lose track of time? Yeah, completely. When you're doing stuff? Yeah. Just, mm. or if, I, if I'm absorbed in it, I do anyway. So that probably hasn't helped, but. But especially so. But yeah. Okay. So did you get to sleep at four last night? Uh, about about three. I kind of just okay. went straight through and just went right. Force yourself. So probably yeah, about half three, four. You seem well with it today. Yeah, I've had a lot of coffee. Good yeah. shout. <laughs> good good shout. Uh, we're in 1995. Uh, uh, we have gone back to November the ni- November the sixth, 1995, for this week's episode of the Coldaholic nice. Classic Nature Review. So I'm going to give you a few things to ponder on uh, for this particular week before we go through the episode. Uh, in the Hit U- me with some childhood, Tom. Here's some childhood coming straight at you. Robson and Jerome. Oh. oh. Top of the UK charts. Unchained Melody, is it? No, I believe Slash Up on the Roof. Ooh, okay. Their second number Man. one. Number one in the US charts is Mariah Carey Fantasy. Still, it is hanging on in there. It's just, just the Undertaker streak of clinging to it. Yeah, it's just storming the charts in America. <laughs> in the UK box office, French Kiss starring Meg Ryan and Kevin Klein is number one. Kevin Klein is a name I have not heard in many I years. Oh, I wow! Just, what did we? I, I, do you know what? We live in an age where I'm so frightened to say what happened to that actor. Yeah, I, because I, I, I just assumed it was like one of those Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman situations where my brain would immediately default the other one's name in to their face, so I'd always oh. get it wrong. So I, I'd always see like Bill Pullman and go, "It's Bill Paxton." And I'm like, no, it's not. It's the Paxton Pullman conundrum. Yeah. Oh, it's not either of them. It's Kevin Klein. I know. Uh, and number one in the US <laughs> box office is Get Shorty. John Travolta, Gene Hackman, Rene Russo, yeah. and Danny DeVito. Yeah. I have recently, uh, I have a newfound love. I loved him anyway, but a newfound love for Danny DeVito. Oh, he's phenomenal. Because, and you're going to be annoyed with me probably, but 
only about two weeks ago mm -hmm. did I watch for the first time Always Sunny in oh, Philadelphia. Oh, fuck me, Tom. It's taking you this long. Like, this I am, I am slow to get on series. Like, I've got a backlog mm. that's just piling up by the day. But, mate, you're in for a hell of a ride. Well, we, we started watching it at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. We finished up about 11 p.m. Yeah. Uh, we are, and, and we've just been chipping away at it for the last couple of weeks. I think we're now just starting season 13. Yeah. So, oh my God, what a journey. Yeah. What a great show. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's just. It's amazing. It's Seinfeld on crack. It really is. It. You know, it, it's. It it's, is that. It's a lot of, a lot of just what the fuck situations that come out of nothing. Mm. Uh, and just terrible people getting their terrible comeuppance. Awful people. Awful, awful people. <laughs> but the best awful people. But the greatest of all people. And yeah, Dan DeVito is just a star. Everybody's an awful person, really. We are all yeah. really awful people. Uh, but Danny DeVito is great in that, as he was in Get Shorty. Um, Twisted Metal's the big video game release for the PS1. Nice. I've got a Twisted Metal ice cream scoop. Where'd you get that from? Some fucking loot box at some point <laughs> that we had to review. <laughs> and there was an ice cream scoop in the shape of Twisted Metal. In there. Yeah, or it might have been like a little press pack thing. But yeah, there was a little Twisted Metal ice cream scoop with the uh, the clown on it. What's he called again? Twisted Metal. Yeah, that's his name. Mr. Mr. Metal, Keith the main Metal. character. He's the, one. <laughs> He's the one that you are you are racing to meet with because I believe the plot of Twisted Metal is it's a, like a destruction derby style thing, tournament, and the winner gets one wish granted in this uh, in this broken post-apocalyptic world. So it's the original money in world. the bank then. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm probably going to get a lot of shit for this, but I preferred Vigilante 8, but only because I had Vigilante 8. I didn't have Twisted Metal initially. Mm. So like, I played the arse out of uh, Vigilante 8. Loved it to death, but everybody else liked Twisted Metal, and I just didn't have it. So for me, oh. like Vigilante Eight is my car combat game. Vigilante that and Seven, Cell Damage, Cell Damage is oh my god. Oh, Cell Damage, there's a game I haven't so heard of in a good. while. So so good. That's the one on the Xbox, wasn't it? Cell Damage. Uh, it was on the GameCube first, I think. Oh, yeah. It was one of the when I worked at Game. It was one of those budget titles. Yeah. Like 15 quid, always pre-owned. Yeah, it was. It kind of you know, car combat games have fallen out of. Uh, out of the mainstream after Burnout as mm. a series started to dwindle uh, because, you know, ultimately Burnout wasn't even really comparable to like a Twisted Metal or even a Destruction Derby. They all had their own flavors, but actual physical car combat, like I'm going to drive around and smash you. Like it, it's it's kind of like the arena mode in Mario Kart, right? Or whatever mm. that's called, like the battle where you got to get balloons. And it, it's, it's fun, but, you know, it's not sit and play it for six to eight hours fun. I like that WWE jumped on that bandwagon just as the bandwagon was pulling away. Yeah, I, I still never played Crush Hour. Oh. I, I played little bits of it now, but I, I never had the pleasure of playing it, you know, when I would have appreciated it most when mm. I was like, you know, a, a kid and really, really, really like obsessed with wrestling. I feel like it's a stream waiting to happen. Yeah, maybe. We'll mm. see. When we get to I've, especially I've when we get to O2 to on the it, it, ain't, it ain't a great game. Oh no, it's bullshit. <laughs> But I think there is just something in playing it and just hearing Jim Ross, you know, AEW's yeah. Jim Ross saying, Kane has got the twisty rockets <laughs> over and over. Um, last night in the boxing world in this year, 1995, Riddick Bowe beat Evander Holyfield eight rounds in Las Vegas. Yeah, take that, Evander. And this past Friday, the Hubble telescope sent back pictures of a star being born. Nice. And now we've got a whole new telescope. We've got the James Webb telescope, haven't we? Just Does it only look at James Webb? Well, no, it's, it's hiding behind the moon. So what? It's, it's I haven't heard shielded this. by the moon so it can see more. It's like a brand new... It's, it's on its... I think it's... It took hide? like 28 days to get fully deployed. I don't know if it's in full position yet, but Ooh. it's it's 
yeah, it's going to be sitting on the other side of the moon to take really crazy photos. And you'll be able to control it from the moon. Yeah, because obviously the moon is like in the way. So that big shadow, like none of the light impacts it. So it can just sit in the dark and... And look out beyond the dark side of the moon. Hmm? Oh my God, Pink Floyd, we live yeah. it. Pink Floyd, yeah, oh. gimmick infringement. I think I didn't know. Not that, that they can get along well enough together to probably no. <laughs> leverage a lawsuit. Not a fan uh, of as each much other. as I just really fucking want you guys <laughs> to just do just one thing. I will sell both kidneys. I don't care how fucking long I'll live afterwards. Just hook me up to some sort of bag that lasts the show, and I'm good. If Fleetwood Mac get back together. I, I if the Eagles can get back Man, together. But like the, it was like 150 quid for restricted view. It was like when I, I nearly saw Roger Waters, uh, I think when he was doing The Wall, but it was like 120 quid and it was mm. like nosebleeds restricted view and I was like, fuck. It was expensive. I was broke at the time. So it was like, I was hoping hell mm. that I can't afford a 20 quid gig ticket let alone this. <laughs> it, was, it was Alex's main Christmas present the one year. Yeah. Like, she knew it was the main. <laughs> That's your main, that is. The we're, price is printed on it. Yeah, we're going to fleet with Matt. That's your main one, 2018. Enjoy. You're not getting anything else for your birthday. Enjoy Christmas and birthday present. <laughs> Um, ratings are in. Last week, Raw got a 2.1. Nitro got a 2.3. Well, that means, you know, what we all know. Even in pushing Raw ahead. sucks. <laughs> yeah. We had a great, like, like this week on the on the Raw review, which you'll hear the one we recorded yesterday on Monday, because time is a construct of human yeah. perception. Um, the whole thing, like, the thing that I'm enjoying watching both at the moment is that the Raw can't compete in terms of the financial yeah. side of things for Nitro. So they, and they're not, in a, they can't afford to go live every week to compete and they're just going look we've got a tape it's just yeah. that's the way of the business so we just got to make these taped episodes feel like can't miss television so what we're going to do to fool the papers is we're going to record different endings to each match could you imagine well kind <laughs> they, you know what you're not um, you're not completely wrong with how they were doing it. Okay. Because there were sometimes, there were some episodes of Raw where they would tape, they would do a live one and then a taped one. Yeah. There would somewhere they'd do a taped episode and then they'd do the live one that the taped one was being built to. So you'd have two episodes in reverse order. Weird. And there was a couple of occasions where they'd film the first half of next week's episode. Yeah. they do this week's episode live and then they'd film the second half of next week's episode. It just sounds like a logistical oh my nightmare. God. But at the same time, off. like the, the, the cost of going live and especially at this time for a, a, a weekend World Wrestling Federation, mm. uh, you know, still reeling after the effects of the the trial and trying to find its feet in a in a different landscape yeah. that it, it can no longer go back to being what it was. I mean, it will for a little bit, but it, mm -hmm. it, right now it's it's got to change drastically. And you know, when Nitro's live, it, it, it live sports just feels more real, doesn't it? So WC, so WWF Anything are doing happen. this thing to make it at least perceived as live. Yeah. So the audience don't quite know what's coming next, nor do the. Um, Sorry, I need a drink of water. I sent in my tooth. Um, nor did the um, the people writing it up. Yeah. It's all in weird, haphazard order. Um, WCW are presenting World War Three in a couple of weeks' time. We will be doing a watch along of that. Sorry, I just... Um... Oh, for God's sakes. Right, yeah, let's crack on. <laughs> <laughs> um, there is I a... Just, I, I love the concept. It's and a great as a, idea. As a kid, I went apeshit for World War Three, but as an adult, it's impossible to keep track of. A logistical I nightmare. Don't know, That's like, a logistical nightmare. Yeah, because booking one rumble is hard enough, but booking three separate rumbles occurring at once to then turn into one match. 
Jesus it's one of those Christ. things where Bischoff was trying to make sure that WCW was everything that WWF wasn't. Yeah, and as a spectacle, it's amazing. Like I remember, mm. like the because, like by the time I got into it, World War Three one had already happened. But I, I'd seen pictures and I'd seen like the backs of certain tapes, and it was like there's three rings. Like it's amazing. And like War Games blew my mind because it's like oh, there's two rings. So like three was obviously the next step. Mm. But the problem is like I. I you know, it's hard enough with two rings and floor space and everybody being able to see everything. But when you put a third in there, Christ, like rings are huge. I, I think WCW worked an 18 foot ring. I don't think they worked the full 20 foot, but um, yeah, because WWE is a 20 foot. But even then, like that, just that two feet off doesn't really leave you much floor space when you need all the guardrails, you need all the mats. No, it's it's a it's very crowded. Yeah, and, it, and it's, also you it's lose hard to just keep track of on the wide. It's it's like wow. You lose seating as well. That's what I was saying. Like, you, you, there's just no floor space. Mm. So, like, you know, you you kind of those very expensive front row seats. There's less of. There's, you know, how you're gonna do it. But you know, maybe and you're Turner, hiring more wrestlers. Maybe Turner were aware of this. You know, they, they've got mm. they've got the finances to do it at the time, and they're happy to promote it. WWF are very concerned about World War Three. I can imagine they would be because, you know, it's the 90s and, and in the 90s, I mean, Christ, you know, we're the generation that had Pokemon and, and <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog and everything needed a gimmick. Everything needed a gimmick to sell because we were very impressionable kids. And if it was bigger, it was better. So, you know, you didn't want this toy, you wanted that one because it had, you know, extra features. You didn't want this one, you wanted that one. You don't want, you know, one rumble in one ring, you want three at once. Mm -hmm. And so it was, the 90s was this decade of just more, 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 more. And now I think we're still kind of in the back end of that now because we, we've got this kind of instant gratification from the fact that, mm. you know, we had a whole decade as kids of just, you know, they knew what we wanted before we wanted it. Like, they just knew, like, oh, well, we're going to release this toy and then we'll do a glow-in-the-dark version. You'd still want it. Yeah. But it glue, it glue, it glue, glowed, it glowed, glowed in, in the, the dark. dark. Yeah. I know what you meant. I know what you meant. But yeah, and you're <laughs> right because like everybody wants the next big thing. So WWF are very concerned that their bottom line for Royal Rumble, which is yeah. their one of their biggest pay views of the year, is going to be heavily affected by WCW just a month or two prior running something that's twice the size. Yeah. So what so they, they should have done to really just, you know, stop the Monday Night Wars from ever happening was uh, they should have done an event called the Cold War, but the A's are four. <laughs> and they go to Alaska, and it's just some random, like, truck stop. You know, it doesn't need to be anywhere fancy. Put four rings up in the snow. Uh, and, yeah, you just That's fit the four idea. in there with the A. That's an amazing idea. You need a big Russian heel for each of the rings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I don't know, like maybe, you know, WCW style panic, you'd need like a big red button that's going to set off nukes and Hulk Hogan's oh. got to, oh, it wouldn't be Hogan. Christ, at this time, you know, you're going to have somebody jump in, save the day. Far too. Save America. Make, Make a, a difference, difference far too. Diving over the button, <laughs> sacrificing himself <laughs> to save America. It's an amazing idea. Yeah. Um, but do you know Quickly how they... Get me in a time machine. Let's go tank the WWE. <laughs> but WWE... <laughs> Do you know, when you go, tell them that this is a good idea because um, because obviously at the moment WCW has got a, a working arrangement with New Japan, yep. which we'll talk more of in the, in the actual show itself. Yeah, yep. And WWF is seeing that WCW has these relationships with other promotions and they're saying we probably should get a bit of what would probably be known as a forbidden door action <laughs> of our own. Ain't nobody knows anybody in Japan. I'll tell you what everybody <laughs> in America wants. And then in comes the NWA. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not far off. 
Um, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yeah. USWA. Yeah. But wrestling romance in Japan. Yes. WWF want to strike up some deals to bring some stars across to, to start some interpromotional-like rivalries. And this is in direct response to WCW working with other promotions. Yeah. Isn't this, isn't uh, War is, is it Tenru's promotion? So there's a, yeah. kind of a prior established link with Tenru before. WrestleMania. So, star. yeah, it, it's like, uh, you know, you can, they, they have been known to do that. There was obviously the Super World of Sports relationship and I, I think 1992 as well. Um, which I think SWS didn't really last. Um, SWS's logo, by the way, is just a giant dinosaur. But if you find the banner, because the, the English doesn't really translate well, it just says SWS, Super World of Sports. You've got this like reptile side on, and then it just says strong and straight. And it's just, I can't, every time I see it, I just howl. It's just, I don't Me know think why. Godzilla does protest too much. <laughs> It's just, it just, I don't know why. It just every time, it just tickles me. I'm like, <laughs> just the way it's worded. It's a strange, yeah. I, I, I've seen the, I've seen the logo. I didn't know yeah. about the wording. <laughs> uh, for the, for World War Three, some of the names banded around at this early stage include Tito Santana, Dean Ambrose, no. oh, so Tito family. Santana, yeah, Sergeant Slaughter, Sergeant come into Slaughter. WCW. They need bodies. Big man. shout there, Rick Martel. Yeah. The shouts get bigger. The Iron Sheik. <laughs> Sheiky baby. Sheiky baby. Yeah. And, well, you know, he couldn't get thrown out of any of them rings. So yeah. chances are he'd win the whole thing. <laughs> he just refused to leave. Yeah, exactly. He could just stretch everybody because he is a, an actual straight up wrestler wrestler. <laughs> Chuck him in all of them. But we'll, we'll see <laughs> who... all the rings. He just <laughs> sliced them up like salami. And there's just really thin <laughs> versions of the Sheik everywhere. <laughs> if you're getting Sergeant Slaughter in, why, aren't he, why isn't he working with Cobra? Or Sergeant Cobra's Pittman. Cobra's, co you know, you know what's happening. Cobra's Cobra. toast. Cobra's yeah. toast. More on that in a moment. <laughs> um, an ECW tag team being courted at the moment by WWF and WCW. We're talking about the Public Enemy. Yeah, that, had, no surprise there. They had a meeting with Vince the other day, and they're going to end up working a dark match uh, at Survivor Series coming up. But they are fielding offers from WCW at this time via Paul Heyman as well. Where spoiler, they will eventually land. That's it. Public. You ready for the entrance? You just got to do this Stop for like five straight oh. minutes while they're setting up tables and shouting at people. But it's fun. It's a whole lot of fun. It's a great time. They have a great time. Come and see the greatest show at the oddities. <laughs> Ignore that part. Um, <laughs> yeah, God. Really, oh. really interesting episode of ECW, which reflects WCW this week. Remember that, uh, that no name mark, nobody has been do nothing jobber Steve Austin that WCW rightly cast out. No, because he's so insignificant. He's so insignificant. He, like, you may as well be talking about, is it Dennis Stamp? Yeah. Yeah, you he's know. He's not booked. Yeah, he's not booked. So why why should we care, you know? Well, he's on ECW kicking up quite a stink. Yeah, is bingo it? hall. Nobody cares about that. <laughs> I'll ring him and phone him again and tell him he's fine. <laughs> This week uh, was uh, ECW Hardcore TV was the most talked about show in wrestling because it featured Steve Austin wearing a black wig, impersonating Eric Bischoff, announcing an episode of Monday Night Quill, where the big boys play with each it's other. So good, man. He got some funny lines in pretending to fall asleep during calling the matches. Uh, he uh, built up to a Jarrett Hall on a pole match for all the old codgers to fight yeah. in. He had a set of bongos sat next to him called Mongo, or obviously, <laughs> uh, basically just 
completely ripping the piss out of WCW, and it was a deep joy. It's just that big Stevie, Co- like it just not big Stevie Cool. Um, what is it? The Superstar, uh, Steve. Superstar Steve. Steve-ster. Yeah, where, like when he's got yeah the Stevester, where he's mm. got like the little the little do rag on and everything, and it's just oh man. It's all gold. If you've not seen any of Steve Austin's ECWs, just go. Do yourself a favor. Go. Find it. Watch it. It's it's the very genesis of Stone Cold. Yeah. He's finding his feet with it, but it's there. And you can kind of start to see by the end it's starting to shine through. It's just lush. We are live tonight for WCW Nitro in Jacksonville, Florida. It's an interactive special. That's right, yeah. You, uh, <laughs> sorry, what was it they said? You called the shots. Uh, the phone line is no longer active, however, and I think that's bollocks. <laughs> and Vince should be giving us the number. I don't care if I ring up and it's like, hello, Jacksonville, auto care. I'll just be like, <laughs> yeah, I want Macho Man versus Sting. <laughs> another, we got another one. It's been going on for, a, going on for 15 years, this has. <laughs> <laughs> One day we're all given Macho versus Sting. So this is um, Taboo Tuesday, years before, in yeah. theory. And on the network, it's not quite properly addressed. I don't know if it was like announced. It, it kind of just happens, doesn't it? There's no real like fanfare about well, it. And here's the decision. Well, then, no, 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 it's not at all. It's it's awfully put together. Yeah. And I don't think that's a network thing. I think that is just bad organization from WCW. Yeah, well, it's kind of like, it's very early days for concepts like this, right? So it's all kind of, like, how do Mm. we do it? Just, ah, fuck, we just get out there, Mm. go. (laughs) I just... (laughs) I just thought it was like, okay, we'll get to it. But yeah. like, so anyway, um, it's an interactive special. You call in and you vote for who you want to see fight who. And basically you have to pick somebody from the red locker room and somebody from the blue locker room. Yeah. The red locker room contains Ric Flair, Meng, DDP, the Blue Bloods, Big Bubba Rogers, Shark, and Scott Norton. That's the red red, red locker room. Big the blue toot. locker room contains Sting, Johnny B. Bad, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Dave Sullivan, Alex Wright, the Nasty Boys, and Mr. JL. I wonder who's going to be in the match. <laughs> now, before we find <laughs> out, like, Sam, who would you have put in this if you were making the phone call? Because here's an opportunity to really make something quite interesting. Let me, let me see the names again. Let okay, see so the there's the list. names. So we've got where? Where? Where's so the, the red where's locker the list? room? Red locker room. Okay, so we've got Ric Flair, Meng, DDP, Blue Bloods, Big Bubba Rogers. I mean, it's got to be like Big Turnt. Like, come on, Tenter uh, versus Jerry Lynn. John Tenter versus Jerry Lynn oh just strikes God. me as something that you've got Jerry Lynn trying to hit all the spinning back kicks and going ape shit. And you've got John Tenter just trying to grab a hold of him and ground him. But that's just because I'm a sucker for David and Goliath matches. Like I, every, mm. I've got a load of shit about this before, but it, I just like him. I just really like David and Goliath style, you know, showdowns. I like that idea. Yeah. Well. That's quite nice. I'm going to go with, um, okay, I'd like to see... Stephen Regal from the Blue Blood from the Blue Bloods, yeah, versus Sting. Yeah, nice. I'll do Regal yeah. Sting. Regal Sting. Yeah. Or can we do Mr. JL versus? Um, oh yeah, it's all big lads, isn't it? DDP yeah. versus Jerry Lynn. That'd be quite nice. Be interesting, wouldn't Oof. it? Yeah. DDP versus Alex Wright. Anything. Brian Nobbs versus Ric Flair. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's, you that's what people want. That's what people want. That's really what people want. To see what they do with that. But anyway, so you basically you call up and you say who you want from which locker room, uh, and and, and then, they properly disregard it, and you get what they want you to get. I feel yeah. <laughs> they they lean very heavily towards one particular idea. Yeah, there's only a couple of people that are allowed to talk in each of the segments, <laughs> and you can tell because everybody else is really trying to get in on the camera and be loud. Oh my god, it's incredible! Including at one point, uh, hacksaw while Sting's talking. <laughs> yes! Hacksaw is just Lord. He's got a two by four in one hand, a chair in the other, and he's off screen. Launches the chair. So this chair out of nowhere just goes whoop across the screen, and then he kind of stomps over, and then the, ha- the 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 two by four goes whoop. And then he stomps over with the chair and he does it a few times and then just throws them both down, blocks Sting off completely and starts just mugging off to the camera while Sting's trying to do the sign off. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. We'll, we'll, we'll cross to them in a minute, but we've got to open uh, with a recap of the giant being injured by Lex Luger. Sorry, uh, Savage being injured by Lex Luger at Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Um, and Randy Savage is apparently, right, Randy Savage is apparently backstage and he's going nuts. He can't get cleared to wrestle. He's throwing furniture around and, and slamming doors. Sounds like he's fine. I don't know yeah. why he hasn't been cleared. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. You know, there's a lot of uh, energy that goes into that. If you think this is building to something tonight with Savage... No. Nah. No. Nah. <laughs> that ain't happening. Stay tuned for partial disappointment. <laughs> uh, we open with the, the 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 question mark asterisks over this. The WCW World Heavyweight Champion, the Giant. Yep. Versus Cobra. Yeah. Cobra's music cuts through me like a knife. I yeah, don't know so whether it's the sound Cobra, editing. If Cobra you... has the shittest entrance in the world. <laughs> like, it, Cobra walks down like a G.I. Joe, all smiles with his fucking dog tag on, gives <laughs> his dog tag to some kid, Bret Hart style. You know, nice, you know, the, you know, like, there's your thing, kid. There, yeah. He's just a white meat baby face, right? He's just, you know, I am like a G.I. Joe style figure now. Uh, comes down and, you know, doing the salute and shit. Um, gets in the ring and then down comes the giant and the giant just ends him with one move. That's it. That's it's, it. It's just choke slam, done. Runs at him, choke slams him. One, yeah. two, three. It's a match that's over in about four seconds. But, if that. Yeah, Jeff Farmer, who would play uh who played Cobra, this this is by no means the end of him. Like as he's not like <laughs> he saddled died. with the Cobra gimmick uh and just, you know, left to rot with it. He he will come back under a different guise and prove to be popular and very popular overseas, but he proved to be quite popular in like the biggest storyline of the nineties, so he he is kept around for a bit. He was uh, he can always say forever after this match in theory that he had a shot at the WCW World Heavyweight Championship because yeah. Giants before the match started picked up David Penzer and insisted that he announced this as a WCW title match. Yeah, Penzer got out. The following is a WCW Championship match and just peeled out of the ring. That's it. So yeah. so Cobra can say forever he had a, he had a crack. He failed miserably, but he at least had a crack. <laughs> More from the giant in a little bit and that particular nonsense regarding the WCW title. We now go to the red and blue locker rooms ahead of our interactive night. Um, and, and, there, and as Sam said a minute ago, there is oh, it's so much noise. It is just, it is, it's like, it, it's like, um, who's the guy that painted those, those landscapes? It's like a Lowry painting. Right. Like there's just lots going on and I can't really focus on anything. He's just rather look away. I'd rather look away. (laughs) Sorry, Lowry. No, sorry, not sorry. (laughs) 
Um, you've got so Gene Oakland's in the in the in the baddie locker room, the red locker room. Mm. He's trying to get some car, some order because Norton and Shark are sort of grappling each other yeah. on the side. Uh, you've got Flair posing in a t-shirt. DDP is there. Bubba's taking his gear off. The Blue Bloods sat behind everybody, reading and drinking tea. Yeah, but the camera reveal makes them just look like they're really short because you can't initially <laughs> see that they're sat down. So like there's Tiny still boys. there's still a bit of wrestler in the way, so it looks like they're literally children with like <laughs> adult faces just reading these books. <laughs> uh, it's, it's it's a hilarious bit, uh, but yeah. just very noisy. The blue locker room, similar levels of carnage. Everybody's shouting. Duggan, as you say, throwing his two by four, constantly walking back and forth yeah. in front of the camera. They're all just gurning and mugging. Um, Sting wants a piece of Ric Flair. Sting's the only one that gets a vague line in here saying that he he's encouraging fans to vote for him to face Ric Flair. Yeah. So that's when you... Because I... Because again, they explain this whole concept so poorly. I went into this thinking, so the whole night, it's going to be people from different locker rooms fighting different people locker rooms. Yeah. That's an interesting... But no, it's just the one match. But the way they describe it as well is basically you call in, you tell us what you want. Mm. It's never quite explicitly, you know, repeatedly stated. Because if you just join the broadcast late and it's like, you get to call the shots, ring in, and you're like, yeah, I'd really like to see two wrestlers that aren't on this list of people. Yeah. Like, what, do they, what do they do? <laughs> Have something off menu, please. You know, it's probably like $5 a minute. So, sorry, um, yeah, they're not up for choice. Here are the following choices. Like, you'd be paying out the arse oh. and you'd be so dissatisfied by the end of the call. <laughs> the one thing WCW was excellent and consistent at was was rinsing you on phone lines. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, some of the phone lines, didn't um, didn't Oakland sort of run his phone line, though? Like, the, the gossip one, I think, was Oakland's own little And a big part of his business. signing deal yeah. was that he'd bring over his hotline, but he was going to get... Yeah. money from it. So like the the hotline was very popular in the 90s anyway. Like, you know, you would ring into music stations to request videos. You'd ring into radio stations to request. And it's largely been replaced by social media, obviously now. But uh, it was just your radio stations would always be in a different, you know, college in the US doing giveaways, doing a live show during spring break. Like, I think the just traditional media was so big at the time. And it was really one of our only... You know, pleasures because the internet was was very young and you know there wasn't you know Netflix there wasn't anything like that there wasn't a YouTube so you had TV and so you cared about what was on TV and often enough to actually call in yeah and and, and register interest in I want this but the only calls that would get to air are when they're going to play something that they've got planned to play yeah. <laughs> Shock revelation, <laughs> emotional damage. Um, <laughs> something I learned. Uh, a commercial airs for World War Three, which is on Sunday, November the twenty sixth. Three, all the rings, all the people. It's gonna be fucking carnage, right? We check in with Hulk Hogan. Can we just set the scene? Can I set the scene, mate? Please do, because this is just fucking bonkers. It's Venice Beach. They're in that little blue bit where all of the big Ripley guys work out. There's a couple of business people on their lunch just hanging around and kind of smiling because you've got Macho Man, you've got Hulk Hogan, and they're all just kind of sat around in full gimmick with just uh, a, a guy in a grubby shirt and a beard uh, who's just trying to talk over them the entire time, and a busker on rollerblades uh, with flowers in his guitar. And then surrounding that is, as I said, 90s power business suits, like maybe, you know, verging on a little bit out of fashion. There were some definite showed up, like shoulder pads in there. There was some, you know, a lot of uh, 
Wall Street looking people uh, <laughs> for some reason on Venice Beach this day. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're kind of sat around in the glistening sun. And there is your scene. Was this meant... <laughs> was this meant... Because like it is, as you rightly say, it's, it's Hogan Savage. And then like this this homeless guy sat between them. It's, it's like talking <laughs> drunkenly. Was while, this meant to while sell Hogan, me the... While Hogan is still Hulkin? While Hulk Hogan is still like freshly shaved as well. He looks like... <laughs> he literally looks like a, 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 a bear... You know, shaven penis after maybe you've you've slipped going too far doing a bit cleanup. Like he's went, mm. oh, I'm just gonna have to take it all off. And it, Hulk, Hulk Hogan without the mustache is just, it's just I can't. No, come on, buddy. It's so weird. Come on, buddy. Was this grow the tasha? Was this meant <laughs> to sell me? Is it meant to sell me the, like the ideal of living in Venice Beach, California? I think if you live in Venice Beach, you live in Venice Beach. I I I think that. I I think uh, vaguely it's you know a place for skating and and for uh, working out. It just looks. That's like... all I know. <laughs> it, uh, and the because because the, the stuff that I've seen them shoot in Venice Beach is where you've got like that glistening golden sand and the blue but this sky. Is a, there's no establishing shots. It just kind of starts off camera and just goes straight into it. So you see like a tiny bit of blown out overexposed beach and then. And then the guy drunkenly yeah, singing, singing like Hogan's back in Venice Beach. And like, people are just cackling. <laughs> It looked like he lived in the slums. Well, he's he's down there with the everyman, right? And, and this is what but I thought the they were time, trying to achieve. At the same time, you've got to remember that Hulkamania is very much in question right now. Right. Like he's wearing so he black broke? still. He, he's, he's a bit broken. <laughs> so but, like, but it looks like he's broke as opposed to broken. I, it, it feels like he they want to show him hanging around like... You know, a more Drunks. raw, like a more raw, more realistic environment because mm. it's it's not now all sunshine and rainbows and cartoon character living for Hulk Hogan. He's Hulkamania's gone, and so well, at least it seems like it could be going. Wow. So for me, it felt like maybe they're trying to do that, but at the same time, I'm probably reading far too much into it. And they were like, "Shit, we got to shoot something." Um... <laughs> Bollocks, we're supposed to be doing a guest shot on that, that TV show. We're at the beach. Just fucking go, go. <laughs> I, do you know what? <laughs> I feel, yeah, I kind of had a feeling they were going for like Hogan's and Everyman thing. Yeah. But I just, it kind of felt like they went too far the it other way. And he just looked like, like he was poor. Yeah, maybe it's, it's <laughs> it, it didn't give off quite the right uh, look. But I, I was thinking maybe it's to show like, you know, Hogan's going off the rails a bit. He's not like, he's not hanging around mm. as usual. Like, it doesn't look like a Hogan. Thing. Like he's not posing, he's not over the top. Like he's, yeah. well, he is over the top, but not nearly to standard Hogan levels. Uh, and he's got Macho to bounce off. So it, it's, yeah, it's weird. And bounce they do, because now Savage is on Hogan's side 100% in this. And they're both mm -hmm. wearing black. Um, Hogan asks Savage to stick with him and they'll burn through their hit list on the dark side. Savage yeah. says he's going to be with Hulk forever and ever. <laughs> uh, and then he says, Sullivan took your mustache. The giant took your world belt. <laughs> You're too emotionally involved in this situation. You take the low road and I'll take the high road. So Savage is saying here, I'm going to go to Nitro and see who's on your side. Yeah. You chill out here with these mentals. <laughs> And I'll be back in a bit. I've written here an absolutely mental segment. The wrestling is Terry, you stay here and try some PCP. I'm going to go. <laughs> what? It doesn't make any sense. I think <laughs> I've, uh, I've put an absolutely mental segment. The wrestling equivalent of 
every British pub, that every British pub video that does the rounds every six months. Yeah. You know that one where they're, where they're in the pub and there's the woman dancing and then the old boy walks Yeah, past. I think Steph used to work in that pub, you know. No! She knows the exact pub. It's in Doncaster. Yeah. It's like an actual it's pub It's not in far then. No, it's, it's not far. It's like a real thing. Like she, road she can trip. identify people in like who they are in the scene. It's like, what? That's amazing. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? We need a road trip there. <laughs> I want to drink in that pub. <laughs> I want to fill the Hogan Savage bit in that pub. <laughs> it's amazing. And and it just because it's got that vibe for me. Because every time I watch it, I see something different. This yeah, Hogan it's, bit. It's like imagine Parts Unknown was a room. And yeah. you, it, it was just this shitty little corner of Titan Towers and you just walked in through this door and you opened it and there's just a vast, endless... It's like a Dali painting. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck is happening here? And you just gently back out as the wind's just going... Whoo, you just back out of it. If you kind of stepped in and looked around, either the door would disappear or it'd just be a door frame with nothing behind it. It's just empty. <laughs> you know how you said, and I think there's a point to be made here where you said, like, this is them going for something less cartoony and something a bit more earthy and real for Hogan. Yeah. Right. I haven't watched next week's episode yet, but I've seen the thumbnail. <laughs> and they they go the opposite direction. <laughs> it's Hulk Hogan. As I said, I was probably reading far too much into it. They're probably just showing <laughs> Hogan in like, a, in like a, an everyday setting. Uh, maybe reassessing his choices. Or oh, is he hanging around with the right characters here? Oh, no, what's he going to do? What's Hogan going to do? Brother. That kind of shit. When, well, yeah, that's... Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I, can't, I can't wait to see what they do next week. You know he's week. coming back with the fucking bells and whistles. You know, <laughs> of you know he, he is. is. He's coming back to the Hogan pot. He's on his trip to the dark side at the moment, and it's only going to get weirder. Yeah, and Ke he ain't no telescope. <laughs> he's not on the wrong side of the moon. Kevin Sullivan is fighting a renegade. Oh, yes, he is. Renegade charging to the ring gets a, gets a bit of a pop. Yeah, a little bit. You know, Sullivan, uh, the, my main takeaway from this was that Sullivan is goals. Because I could never be like skinny, skinny. <laughs> I've got like too big a rib cage. But I could be a little muscly barrel. Yeah. yeah I'm like, I could be a little muscly God. barrel. Bit I'm, of a bollard. Yeah. Like, you know, if a car hit me, I'd probably be all right. I'd still fly, but, you know, it'd suck, but I'd, I'd probably be all right. <laughs> I'd maybe, like, bounce and roll. Not go muscly, but go, like, thick. Yeah, yeah. A bit like Taz. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Renegade comes out, and... Uh, Those clotheslines that he threw, yeah. I thought he was going to hurt him. <laughs> I, <laughs> that was just just some horrible, unsafe-looking lariats flying at whatever's nearby. Shit in, but it'll come in handy, <laughs> you know. Uh, it'll come in handy because it's it, it's just I. Renegade is this match has an importance for Renegade as a character, but ultimately it, it's it's worthless as a match. Like it doesn't mm. really do much else. But at the end of the conclusion, after Kevin Sullivan wins, um, Jimmy Hart gets into the ring and scrubs off the Renegade's face paint. And he's telling him, "You're not no Renegade," and going off about how he's like Hogan's puppet and all this shit, and just really getting in his face about it. He's like, "His name's Rick," and he's really just like laying into him yeah. and Renegade would disappear after this. This is, this is the in, last... Yeah, we're in November, and Renegade would come back in February, but he would no longer be in the Warrior singlet. Uh, I, I think he might initially, but he he's very much changed by, you know, his second run when it, when it solidifies. Like, he's in a... I think he's in trunks, and he's got, like, you know, the armbands and stuff. He's like a little stripper look about him. Yeah, he, he doesn't look at all like Warrior. And I don't know if this was maybe a legal thing, because I know... I don't know if Jim Helwig owned the rights to the gimmick at this point. 
um, because he would later go on to obviously change his name to Warrior and all that stuff. But you, unless this has already happened, but he, it may have been one of those things where he was like, you know, come on, man. Like, well, at this point, um, Warrior is mounting a wrestling comeback away from WWF and WCW. Yeah. A WWF comeback is imminent. Whether there were some legal challenges on this, that's yeah. very likely. It could just be a case of WCW just gone, this was a shit idea. Let's Warriors, scrub it from yeah, existence. Warrior's not really as over as he as he was right mm. now. Like, you know, he'll still be over in the... Obviously, it's the 90s. It's the ultimate warrior. But, like, he's not exactly, you know, the burning thing at mm. the front of everybody's mind that was there when the Renegade was kind of brought in the first time. There was excitement when it was going to be Warrior and it fell flat when it was the Renegade and ultimately didn't do him any favors. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is it. And as you say, Jimmy Hart just bellows at him the whole match. Uh, constantly saying, you could have been the next Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> because when Hogan's not on the screen, we should be asking, where's Hogan? I think it was mainly meant to intend that Hogan deliberately took the Renegade, you know, under his wing in mm. order to stop the Renegade from eclipsing him. Yeah. Like that kind of thing, which, you know, ultimately Jimmy Hart's words ringing maybe very, very close to home there. Uh, because, you know, we've, 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 we've heard about this sort of thing happening before uh, and it wouldn't really be that far out. And I don't know if it was like an element to bring some reality to it, especially dropping his real name in there mm. and like, you know, mugging off to the crowd and like wiping it all away. It just felt very... Raw for a, a WCW to do like show to do that because it was it was you know they were very much you know fuck we started the Dungeon of Doom going on so like, it's yeah. true. back in the red locker room it is carnage <laughs> everybody <laughs> is talking over is. everybody because only one person gets to speak the lights go out the lights come back on that felt like a a, 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 a technical cock up yeah they thought the segment was done <laughs> Regal was about to talk. <laughs> And the lights went off. And when the lights came back on, Flair pushed to the front, yeah. going, it doesn't matter if the lights are on or the lights are off. I want to fight Sting. That wild look in his eye. Just looks yeah. mental. Um, yeah, you get the lights back on in time for some woos and some words from Flair, but this was just another yeah. bit of nonsense. Call the phone he gets line. like that if he goes to like a Wendy's and his burger's cold <laughs> or he gets the wrong order? Well, he's a single man now, his, so his, I imagine we're going to find out. His delivery arrives. And he, it's it just five things missing. He just gets in his Porsche, drives down to the actual restaurant, and just starts cutting a massive promo on them. I'm worried that because obviously now he's he's back on the market and he's back doing his own thing, we are about a few months away from a TikTok of somebody filming Ric Flair going mental in Waffle House or something. I, you know, I dropping, just caught. Dropping an <laughs> elbow on his jacket and stuff. It's Ric Flair. You'll, I just you know, caught Ric Flair going crazy in Waffle I House. I hate that voice. I hate that voice so much. Oh, when I, I meme compilations used to be one of my few pleasures in life. <laughs> I, I don't have many pleasures in my life, but meme compilations was one of them. And now it's just crammed to the gills with fucking TikTok voice. And, and, and it's the fact that it's, it's like there's a couple, <laughs> couple of variations, but they're all quite upbeat. <laughs> so like you'll have somebody they'll do a TikTok about their about their dog dying, and yeah. the voice will be, "I just had to bury my dog. I am very sad today." It's like, Oh, gosh. I don't feel sad for you because the voice is so chirpy. But it's just robotically generating content. That's not what content creation's about. And yes, you can use robot-generated voices, but not when it's just a fucking staple thing. Just the TikTok voice, Eventually, there'll just be a TikTok where you fucking download it and it edits everything you want, and I'll be out of a job. (laughs) Screw TikTok. Vine was better. Vine for life. Oh, yeah. I love Vine. (laughs) 
I miss Vine, actually. Vine compilations are that the only place you're safe now from the TikTok voice, but... If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. At the same time, you know, it, 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 it very much creeps in. Somebody will try and slot a few TikToks into a Vine compilation. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Get out of here. <laughs> WCW Saturday Night will see Kurosawa versus Arn Anderson. Nice. Disco Inferno's new music video gets played. Is it for Disco Fever? Yeah, I have no idea. I've not seen it, but Ooh. it might be. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan is taking a trip to Ireland. I, I remember this. this. Baffled. Like, were they on it? It must have been a house show loop. <laughs> it must, like, why else? Unless Jim Duggan was just like, I'm going to Ireland. And they're like, oh, fuck, we can't miss Jim Duggan in Ireland. We're sending a camera crew. I, they, I, this it's is just him on a family holiday having a lovely time. Can you oh. imagine? He's just, like, he's just out there looking at all these big, beautiful, natural sights. <laughs> like, just out... He's at the Guinness factory. It's just, it's just a family holiday trip that they've took the video so, off him and edited it to like his music. So do you not remember this? Because no. I've seen this. So this is okay. So we'll talk more about Jim it properly Duggan next week. So Jim Duggan is building to a taped fist match against somebody yeah. in WCW. Oh, so we're getting the whole bare knuckle influence. Ireland so we're going back to he's going back to trace his family roots in Ireland. Okay, we'll leave. We'll put a pin in it. Because it's, it's worth a fucking breakdown next week. Because <laughs> if you thought the Hogan thing was a special cut of bollocks, this... You know mwah, what it involves, mwah, Duggan. Mwah, mwah, mwah. Duggan's like one of the ultimate comic book cartoony era characters. Mm. Though, isn't he? Like, you put a camera on him, even today, I, I'd imagine, you, you, you just, you'd have just a shot of Duggan still milking every last drop. 
out mm. of it. Like, you know, it d- doesn't matter on the era. Like, Duggan, even, like, much later on in WCW, when he becomes the television champion, mm-hmm. like, and th- there was an awful story where he was turned into, like, the cleaner, and he would just yeah. go around, and he was a janitor in the locker room, and he finds the belt, <laughs> and he's just, he, and I, I was so happy for him as a kid. It was like, <laughs> yeah, Duggan's got it. And I just loved it. I, I think Duggan's, like, low-key one of my faves from when I was a kid. Bro, what if we make him Canadian? Yeah, no. Bro. Bro, trust me, bro. Trust me, bro. And when Vince McMahon be the told best me that, heel. that I needed to hire a nanny, that's when I was out. <laughs> Those are the only two Russo quotes I know. <laughs> <laughs> Just anything, and you know, the, the boy who cried pole much. Yeah. Bless him. Um, bro, I've got it. Bro. We use Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Benoit. Faces Eddie Guerrero oh, next. Just, just. I've just. put in block capitals. How are we only 16 minutes into Nitro? Yeah. This feels like it's been going on for an hour. Yeah, it, it's been a lot of front loading in this episode <laughs> because, as well, we should probably mention during the prior match, we have another cutaway to Bobby Heenan's Japanese associates who are sat. Uh, or is it during this match? It is during this match where we is get it the during cut. During this match where we get, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll go into that in just a sec then. But yeah, we get uh, Benoit versus Guerrero, and Benoit's aggression—that signature mm. aggression—we would all come to know—is very much on show. Like Eddie is getting hammered into the canvas, and those WCW rings did not have a lot of give. You fucking, you watch him just go, poof, and he's planted. There's no bounce. It's not pretty. It's just thud. They look great, though. They look great, but they're brutally smashing the shit out of each other. And but as, they got the crowd to wake up. Oh, they really did. Yeah. And and Eddie Guerrero is, is sort of quietly getting this big push in WCW. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of love they, for Eddie. And they're, they're peppering it in because, mm. like, he, when you have uh, Eddie making his entrance, Benoit walks out first to his weird, dancey, James Bond-esque music. Yeah. Uh, and then down comes Eddie, and it's like, back by popular demand. Everybody loves this guy. We're going to gonna see a lot more of him in World Championship Wrestling. And it felt like, you know, you know, as the fans had reacted so positively to him, even, you know, no matter what was going on behind the scenes, if it was an agreed deal or whatever, like, it felt like that was something for the viewers. Yes. And it was like, he, well, here you go. Here's your first match. It's two, you know, hardworking, younger talents that are going to come out here and, and blow your fucking balls off. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like a five-star match by any means, but it was brutally, you know, hard-hitting. Oh, just it and was. Eddie going, you know, top rope. Uh, he goes from the top corner to the, to the floor on the outside, wiping better more out in the uh the aisle way like people really pop for that and it's just excitement that's what bischoff wanted out of them and that's definitely what he got he wanted them just to light the place up and 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 as you rightly said at the beginning there whilst this match is in progress we see the new japan pro wrestling contingent which we don't know we don't know they're from new japan yet there's one indicator in this segment so there we've seen already bobby heenan sat eating sushi with sunny ono this time we have Sonny Ono. Who else is it? Uh, Sonny Ono, Masahiro Chono, Masa Saito. Then I think it's Kensuke Sasaki and then Jushin Liger. Now, everybody's in a suit except for Liger, who is in a training jacket. And the training jacket has the massive New Japan Pro Wrestling lion mark on it. So you're starting to get more little indicators that, okay, so there's, there's more now. There are many Japanese people here. These guys are definitely wrestlers. Look at the fucking size of them. Um and they're, they're all just kind of sat around drinking sake, eating sushi, because, of course, it's the 90s. Um, and that's it. You, you just kind of have Bobby alluding to the fact that he's got business to take care of and, you know, he's going to be talking to them. And it's, it's all very, you know, Ooh, what's going on there? 
Mm. Wait, I like this use of Bobby. Yeah. As the the go between. Oh, for sure. With, yeah, with them it and fits his character Japan. perfectly. Yeah, and it's just I think for him because somebody the one thing that I remember from Bobby Heenan's book is that he always used to come in with such great ideas and big yeah. ideas. Nobody really cared to listen to them. They just wanted him to be Bobby Heenan on commentary and yeah. go home again. So I like the fact that this is early in and he's got something to sink his teeth yeah, into. Yeah, something creative that he can kind of... I mean, because even when he was... Uh, I think it was maybe last week. It's been so long since we've shot. But like mm. the last episode we did, I'm sure when they're eating uh, sushi, him and Sonny Ono, he's like carefully getting rid of he's it. He's pretending, pretending to, to eat it. it and yeah. he's like, oh, delicious. And all of this stuff, but like, um, yeah, like he's getting that kind of freedom to to actually do stuff, do fresh stuff, which is quite nice. He gets handed an envelope. But I tell you what, like, I I didn't realize, like, as a kid, I I loved Sonny Ono. I thought he was great. So it's been nice seeing him pop up mm. every now and then. Uh, you'll see more of it on WCW Pro because on commentary, Bobby Heenan says he's promising the Japanese contingent will get showcased on what Saturday morning. Contingent, it is though. Jeez. Like this is this is one of like the the biggest upsides to a working agreement. The, you, you fucking look at the names. Oh my god! Amazing. It's just it's just the, the, that lineup of people, and then we'd have Tenzan added to it. We there were there were a few more names that would come in. It wasn't just these names involved, but like the New Japan WCW working relationship went through until like ninety eight, ninety nine, didn't mm. it? Like we had NWO Japan, of which you know Jeff Farmer, who was talking about earlier as Cobra. He would become NWO Sting, and then he would become NWO Sting for NWO Japan, and then he'd just go off and have a fucking tear through Japan. Stunning. Like, and he's 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 like a bigger household name there in terms of like wrestling fans knowing him. Um, maybe not you know nationally household household, but wrestling fans probably know him uh, more than we would ever if you just our Jeff Farmer. Mm. Like, <laughs> uh, but I like that he like like. He has lots to offer still. Yeah. And that's yeah. really it's cool. great. Uh, as do these two. They have a great match, unsurprisingly. Yep. Uh, they end up brawling on the ring apron. Eddie reverses a suplex into the ring with a crossbody for the three. Bobby Heenan crying foul that Benoit's feet were under the ropes. Yes, Benoit got his feet not only under the ropes, but on them. He had elevated his feet and literally shoved them into mm. the rope, which shows that it wasn't just like bad placement on the pin. Like he physically got his feet to touch the ropes. Referee. Missed it. And of course, Eddie kind of says nothing in the origins of lying, cheating, and stealing. <laughs> just kind of, he's like, oh, well, yeah. my result. And just slips out. <laughs> and Benoit's going like, what the fuck? There's a guy on the front row as well, bless him. I loved it. Like, there's a couple of people actually, but the second that the referee counts the three, he's just up and he's pointing and screaming. <laughs> and you just see his hands and he's like just hurling abuse at this referee. And the poor fucking ref. It's just great. It's great when they get involved yeah. so heavily. It is. Uh, we're going to see some more involvement in the main event that's maybe not so great. But, <laughs> oh, yeah. crumbs. More on that in a bit, Your Honor. Um, we go to the blue locker room. David Sullivan has his rabbit. <laughs> He's got sat in front of everybody with a little rabbit. Yeah, that poor animal. Oh, gosh. Sting's pushing even louder for the Ric Flair match. And what there's so this, stop calling in and requesting Bill Goldberg. We have no idea who he is. We don't know who you're talking about. It's Vince from 2023. They've been at the time frame. <laughs> so he's just taking the piss. Sting is there. It's like, like he's really struggling to get people to like. He's really pushing the the, the idea of having to face Flair, and he's saying like how like he's not a, you know he'd never kill a man, but he's promising that if he faces Ric Flair tonight, yeah. he will leave him for dead. <laughs> and then. As it's fading away, you hear the nasty boys. Well, these Brian Dobbs go, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do that to the Blue Bloods as well. This is what I mean. It, Good it's effort. Like, it's like, 
there's a lot of I I, th- I believe you know especially at this time it's quite apparent. <laughs> there's a lot of um, you know worrying about your spot. Yes. Uh, you know the nasty boys were once a, a much 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 bigger deal than they are here, and even now they're still like you know now like 1995 they're still a you know a pretty big deal, but they were once kind of a little bit more prominent and, yeah. and now it, you know when you're kind of on the the downslope a bit it's like oh well you know why aren't i getting any featured time and you know there's a lot more going on here than just this and then it leads to everybody in the scene just kind of as we saw with Duggan, uh just trying to get in and trying to be themselves and trying to be a character and it's it's almost like the second they say go just the silliness starts yeah. and it's like right i'm gonna try and do this and i'm gonna be as big and as intimidating as possible and they're not trained to be quiet when they teach them promos at all. They're trained to be the opposite. So even like standing there silently's got to take some effort. Yeah. In yeah. this era. Like, you have to really yeah. like really give it some socks. Because you've still got to look menacing. You can't just be like all chill, like normal posture. You've got to still be, you know, shaking and like taking in what the, the person cutting the promo is saying. But Hitting at the same your time, and all that. You, you just, it, it's dialed into you and it's drilled into you, I imagine, that you've just got to keep going mm-hmm. until the out. So it's just talk, talk, talk talk, 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 and then get your stuff in. It's true. It's true. Um, but it doesn't matter because for all their crying just near the end, the interactive match <laughs> for Nitro <laughs> is set, and it's Ric Flair versus Sting! Oh, who could have seen that coming? What a pointless gimmick this all was. Uh, we, we could have really had some fun with that idea, and I think in years to come we will. Yes. Uh, hello Taboo Tuesday, hello Cyber Sunday. I'd like with something like that again. I want it to come back, yeah. I don't see why, like, now we have a, a better world than ever for it. The only problem is if it's if it's a matchup they don't want. So they need a pool of talent, and they need to kind of expressly, without cutting it too fine, because, you know, kids still very much believe actively in, in kayfabe. Mm. Um, you, you can't be kind of going, well, you know, it, it's 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 non-canon because it has to have some level of interconnectivity with everything else. But at the same time, they'd need to have a pool of talent that anybody could face anybody. Yeah. And the, or they'd need a set of options where you've just got to kind of Twitter poll it and then done. Well, it's like with the with, with Taboo Tuesday, I think it was, that was the first one. And the first yeah. match we had was Chris Jericho versus what was chosen by the audience, Shelton Benjamin for the yeah. IC title. Shelton won the title that night. Yeah. And like, I, I remember reading somewhere that that was, a, that was a call made on the fly when Shelton won the, the poll. That's they went, really cool. Yeah. Put the belt on Shelton. So we figure out a match, you guys, and put the belt on Shelton. I'd like to think that is true. I'd like to as well. Because like, they, they must have gone, well, there's enough love for Shelton Benjamin. There's just, I'm, I'm so jaded by wrestling that I just, I can never ever take these like fans choose the thing seriously. Because mm. it's like, you know that they've got a, an optimal thing they want in mind. Yeah, they're ready you to. You know they've paid 11,000 people to call up. You know that they've got their own phone satellite manipulating the debt. And it just gets bigger and bigger until, you know, it, the, the entire moon is a satellite. And <laughs> it's owned and operated by Titan Sports. Do you remember when they had, <laughs> <laughs> it was Triple H. He's like, you to defend the title against either Jeff Hardy, Vladimir Kozlov, or Jeff Hardy and Vladimir Kozlov. And for weeks leading up to it, they were like, Vladimir just keeps beating up Triple H. Oh my God. Anyway, they voted for Triple H. They voted for Jeff Hardy. <laughs> And Vladimir. I think they voted for Jeff Hardy and then Vladimir Kozlov got involved. Of course. And then the following month they did Triple H versus Vladimir Kozlov. <laughs> Look, you don't know what you want. Have you seen, I know what I want. Have you seen Kozlov these days? He looks like a GTA non-playable character. Yeah, he does, but he's, he's got his own vodka brand and everything. What it's a fucking crazy. If you've dude. not seen him, go Google him now. Like He's got, just search Vladimir Kozlov vodka 
uh, <laughs> and just look at it. Like, it's a completely different person. It's like, what the fuck? Is that like 60-year-old Conor McGregor? Like, yeah. What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Ric Flair versus Sting is our main event. You know what? Okay, we complain about the... the yeah, it's Flair Sting. <laughs> it's Flair Sting. Yeah, you can't exactly complain about it. If they just said last week, Ric Flair and Sting are going to have a fight. Yeah. Fine. You know, Sting. the interactivity is important, though, because they're live, and you can't do that on a taped show, can you? You could have done it in another way. I just... Yeah, didn't you? You'd need, like, 50-50 buttons if you were to do it with a live audience. I don't, they could do that as well. The I don't know why you could have done pick the stip. We need, like, a new stip. We can we just say that now, just as an aside. We need because the last new proper stip we had that took Ooh. hold was what money in the bank, and even was then it? that's just a ladder match. Yeah, but that's you know true. The, the concept itself so fun that it works. But I I don't even know like where do you take a stip now? Like everything's been done. Sure how do you everything. how do you but how do you make it bigger? Because it, it needs to be a spectacle. It's got to be a spectacle, but it can't be hokey. Yeah. And it can't be convoluted. Like, I wish I, they do more open air shows. I wish that WWE would just get to a bloody beach. Mm. I think it'd look awesome. Like, yeah, you'd be smaller crowd, but it'd, be, it'd feel special. Well, they nearly did for SummerSlam 2020. Yeah. When all that was kicking off. Because like, you we'll can't try. really exactly build bleachers on the beach. You're going to sink and stuff. But you could have a car park next mm. to the beach that you convert and you could still have it in all the wide shots or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'm still thinking about a new stick. I just, yeah. A new stick. I've, I've racked my brain for years about this. It's... It's really hard. I, you know, the, the, what do you do? Because everything cage-wise has been done. The elimination chamber is like the ultimate evolution of Hell in a Cell. What if we put them in a bubble? What if we surround the ring with a moat? Yeah. Of burning oil. It feels like an event. But it, it, it's no, but it's green flames. Oh, okay. It feels like a green. And RVD and and um, RVD and Matt Riddle get to crack some weed jokes. Oh, so they're just like getting high during the match. Oh no, they're not in the match. They're just kind oh, of. Fair. They're just kind of on commentary. Fair. Now I, I genuinely don't know. Like, how do you how do you make something like that? Surely not everything. Because the thing is, you know for a fact that in 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 Titan Towers somewhere there is a a, a fucking safe or a boot full of rejected step ideas that we yeah. couldn't even dream of. But because it feels like very much a step is something that just sort of goes slowly up the chain. You go, hey, what do you think of this? Mm. And it's, oh, it's really good. You should tell this person. And it slowly climbs until eventually whoever presents it to Vince goes, it was my idea. Um, and it eventually ends up becoming a thing. But I, yeah, like ladders, like if you take ladders out of it, if you take everything that you'd associate with the current step out of it, what okay. are you left with? You're left right. with a ring. So there's a ring. You can't use a cage. You can't use any ladders. You can't use any poles. Like, how do you... Like, water's, like, one of the only things we haven't really done, but it's dangerous, like, really dangerous, especially with all the electricals. Uh, yeah, it's dangerous. And also, like, not... And it's and not a complete massively, fuck on setup. Not massively, like... There's no shocking. to it. Yeah. A choke slam into the water. Yeah, it doesn't I choke do slam my brother into the pool for years yeah, on holiday. It's, it's like... <laughs> so damaged there. How else do you do it? Like, we, we've obviously had steps that go by the wayside like buried alive but they've taken the ropes down like i know they i know nxt uk yeah did um i think it was eddie dennis versus trent seven they did a match where they took the turnbuckle pads off yeah yeah <laughs> it's it just like i don't know why like turnbuckle pads to me I, i'm just should, thinking what you what you take yeah they should mean a lot more but i think because of the era we were watching as kids and like teenagers they, they were just taken off in every match so it was like oh yeah. well it hurts a bit more but not loads um even though it is just a massive metal ring <laughs> and it would suck to get headbutted into it i think al snow was onto something mm. when he took the 
steel cage and put it inside the Hell in a Cell. I think, yeah. The, the dog a, bit was bullshit. But then that's just Punjabi <laughs> prison. Oh, yeah, they did that, didn't they? With less steps. <laughs> With less steps. I did find Rick out the Punjabi prison match, like the, the cage is metal, I believe. And that, but it's like, designed to look designed like bamboo. To look, fucking suck. I think the they, door, the door thing was, and this is like I just I don't want there to be too many rules. Mm. The door thing was a bit shit. Yeah, like you got sixty seconds and the door shuts forever. Just just get yeah. out. The table have of we weapons. Ever, have we ever is done a bit... gauntlet matches with lumberjacks? Like so, all of the opponents around the ring and kind of getting involved as it's going on. Yeah. So like that. So everybody who's in the match is already around the ring. Yeah. And then the second that that match is done, they get the the hell in. I think. Or they fight for the. Then it becomes very TNA reverse rumble, right? If they've all got to fight to get into the ring, and why are they knocking each other out when? We had something like it. My brain is going Monday Night Raw, 1999, yeah. in the re, in the run up to, to St. Valentine's Day Massacre, mm. and it was Austin running the corporate rumble. Yeah, and all the all the corporation were ringside, and yeah. one by one they went into the ring. But as soon as Austin hit a stunner on them, the next entrant ran in and hit Steve Austin. So they got DQ'd. Right. And then the match, and that was, it was just like a series of DQs. It's weird. But it was shit. But I like, I see what they were going for. Yeah. I just, I, it, it, it's something that I, it, my brain will just go to it. And it's like, how could you do a new gimmick? And every single thing I come up with, it's like, oh, but that's just, you know, it's a tables match, but with, you know, something different. And it's like, oh, okay, Ooh. yeah. There's like nothing okay. that I can come up with that's, and I'm not exactly the most creative person. I'm sure other people out there have got great ideas. And if you do, let us know, tweet us. But mm. I, uh, yeah, it's just one of those conundrums that's always plagued me. Would a loserweight championship match, ah, oh, that's been done, hasn't it? Like we've, we've, so like the win, like, yeah, like the, the person who gets pinned becomes the loserweight it's champion. It's why I think we should go belt. back to more spectacle based stuff, like doing stuff outside, doing stuff on yeah. the roof of Titan Towers, which we've been slowly, you know, doing. I, I think more of the kind of wrestling, but in a weirder setting, might hopefully breed some creativity towards a, mm. a whole new gimmick. Yeah. Think on that. Send us yeah. your suggestions. Don't. <laughs> do, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, do. It keeps fine. me up at night. <laughs> uh, the match is good fun between Sting and Flair. Yeah. Um, it wears off. As the match is going on, Bischoff, Bischoff informs us a special announcement is coming at the end of this broadcast. Mm. Uh, it doesn't say what, but we've got to keep people it. there. They, they hype it, hype it, hype it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sting's punching Flair in the corner. The ref's trying to pull them apart. Sting picks up the ref and sits him on the top turnbuckle. Yeah. And all the while, Heenan's saying that Hogan's retiring. That's what the announcement's going to be. This is going to be great. It's about time. And it's so good. It's uh, it's quite the it's quite the thing. And then basically, Ric Flair uses brass knucks behind the rest behind the rest back. Gets yeah. a two. Sting fights back. Scorpion Deathlock on, but refuses to release the Deathlock. Yeah. Refuses to release it. Mister JL, Eddie Guerrero, Duggan, and Dave Sullivan all. Charge to the ring to get Sting to release come on, Stinger. The get on, come on, Stinger. Come on. As come on now. Come on, Stinger. Basically, come on. yeah. As, come on, Stinger. As Eric Bischoff is saying, Lex Luger's come out on, here. And Luger's like, and he's like, well, he's been stopped by, by security. Come on, Stinger. Let go of it. Come on. <laughs> and eventually he does. Eventually he's coaxed yeah. to come away, but then gets halfway down the ramp, sees that Luger is still just getting into position, runs back into the ring. Puts the Scorpion Deathlock on Flair again, and then Luger comes out, yep. says some calming words to Sting. That aren't. Come on, Stinger. Yeah. Come on. He just leans right into his face like this, 
and they just talk and you don't hear anything of what's being said because everybody else is going, come on, Stinger. Come on, <laughs> come on Stinger, let go of him. Come on, come on now, Stinger. Come on, it's a bit much. But whatever he says, he is almost the Sting Whisperer. Yeah, and uh, Sting, Sting lets, lets go. go. And uh, and he and, and Sting and Luger leave together. Yeah, and commentary are like, oh, what? what did Sting Lu- and Luger? <laughs> what's this? Friends like normal? Oh, my God. <laughs> From The Observer. Lex Luger missed his cue to come out. <laughs> Fucking hell, Lex. He's he right. Uh, he is, I, I know uh, I'll get heat for this. He is so uh, shit. <laughs> he is so He's like, he's on another planet. But I, it's, all it's, the it's, time. It's not, how the fuck do you miss a cue to come out? Like, why? Isn't there somebody by Gorilla? Like, you see it all the time. Maybe this is why WCW died. They just didn't have a guy by Gorilla. Uh, but you see, on you know, when you do the, the new WWE you know, 24 documentaries, the, even when you look back at, like, wrestling with shadows and shit, there's always somebody right by the curtain. Yeah. And the people who are ready to go are ready to go. Like when, uh, you know, the screw job. Everybody's in place waiting by the curtain because there was going to be a run-in from from Brett's allies. They knew this was all coming. Yeah, and so you know, you you go and you wait. So unless Luger's been sat in his dressing room or he's quickly popped out for a smoke or something, like I don't like what what? <laughs> I just feel like he's not on the planet. I don't. Think, I just don't feel like he's as mentally invested as everybody <laughs> he else. He saw himself in the mirror and just started flexing. Yeah. And they're like Lex, Lex, Lex. <laughs> What are you doing? Oh, I've got to run in, but not until Sting's got the death lock he's on. He's got the fucking death it's, lock on. He's had it on for 10 minutes. It's not the death lock. It's a sharpshooter. Like, <laughs> just go! <laughs> fucking idiot! Fine. Bischoff. Throws the curtain. <laughs> just, Bischoff chewed everybody out after this. Bischoff yeah. was furious. I can like, imagine. It just, Heenan did well to cover it. Yeah. But like, this was like, this was a big angle that they, and it, and it meant that, obviously, Nitro is so timed to the letter that well, they yeah, you know, that's all we got time for this week. No, that's no, where we get, black. That's yeah. where that come from. So therefore, but 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 thankfully, we were there managed to get back on time. Luger and Sting, are they in cahoots? Well, they're mates. They always have been. That's yeah. not a surprise to anybody. Uh, we come to our main event. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. we got to just quickly oh, oh, talk oh, 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 about, oh, oh. after Ric Flair uses the brass knucks, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, the stuff being thrown into the ring. Mm-hmm. Now, there's what looks like a couple of coins which it isn't Mexico. So, you know, in Mexico, traditionally, uh, you know, some people throw coins after a good match. Yes. Uh, underhandedly throw coins, not like pelting them. <laughs> you know, they just kind of just gently toss the coin into the ring as like a very well done type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, the match was worth more than the cost of admission. Have yes. some money. Um, so you you have that, but these, these coins are very much just going <laughs> and landing. And then it looked like somebody throws a fucking pen what? It's before it's before the end. Like I think it's when uh, Flair's kind of hit him. I think he goes to lock in the sharpshooter again, and somebody throws a pen, um, and or it looks like a pen. It bounces off him, and it's just kind of there. And then they both get up, and the referee has to very quickly clear it out the way. But I was like, "What the fuck's that?" Oh. And it like rolled. I was like, "Is that a pen?" Somebody on the front row's just gone, eh, <laughs> like, reached around out. in their little bag or like their, their like work pocket, just like, eh. <laughs> Just anything, just a just a flair for being a naughty boy. Eat my biro. WCW crowds were known for throwing garbage in the ring, and it's it's one thing to throw, you know, an empty Coke cup made of you know polystyrene because it it won't go far anyway, and even if it's got a little liquid in it, it's going to pretty much explode on impact, and it's not going to hurt. But coins, (laughs) fucking hell, is it Jacksonville? Holy (laughs) shit! Wait, it wasn't Jacksonville where Limp Biscuit are from. Maybe this crowd's just really angry. <laughs> <laughs> 
he hasn't even been born yet into the music world. And I'm actually, I'm oh, not no, sure Fred Durst is alive. dollar bill will have happened by this point. Oh, by 95? Be about to happen. Oh. Is it 95, 96? No wonder they're cross. <laughs> <laughs> so for our final... We've been listening to Nookie for fucking two years. <laughs> fucking take this shit. Get out of here. Stick it up, yeah, yes. <laughs> fucking faith. Stop it. <laughs> The Giant, the Taskmaster, and Jimmy Hart are out to make our special announcement to end the show. <laughs> Jimmy Hart reveals that he had the power of attorney over Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. He says, he says Hulk Hogan. He goes, Hulk Hogan. Um, and then he makes a jibe about Hogan's, uh, Hogan's Hollywood sting. <gasps> I thought he'd get a right roast in for this. Because he, uh, he was like, when you're out in Hollywood, you know, making all those crappy movies that end up in VHS, like video rental stores. Um, and he just kind of keeps just poking little jabs and it's like, keep going, Jimmy, keep going. I how long you been sat on this anger for, Jimmy? Tell us how you really feel, yeah, mate. Yeah, this is Jimmy getting a little bit of a little bit of the bile out of his system. Yeah. And I, I applaud it. I imagine, it. you know, it does, it must build up like lactic acid in your knee right now. Uh, it must build up with sustained time around. The Hulkster. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Your film's kinda, great, Hulk. Instead of just bottling it up, there's a whole bottling operation and a brewery going on. <laughs> and many little workers just really shelving every last one with a little tag. This is the time that he made a fool out of me in the restaurant. This is the time he called me short. <laughs> <laughs> Saves it all. Yeah. This is the time he sat on occasion. my bastard megaphone and broke it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, as he pours his lactic acid, um, Hart says that uh, he has power of attorney, so he signs all of Hogan's contracts yes. while he's off gallivanting. Uh, Hart signed the contract that's for the for the world title match at Halloween Havoc that said if Hogan got DQ'd, he would lose the title, meaning that the Giant is indeed the reigning WCW World Heavyweight Champion. But hang so on a second. What? Let's bring out everyone's favorite top baby face in WCW. <laughs> Practicing attorney, Nick Lambros. That's it. Nick Lambros, right out there. Not Nick Botwinkle. No. Not, a, not no, an authority we, he, figure. He's got, news, he's got news from Botwinkle. Calm down, calm down. He has. But you know. I, I guess we couldn't have had Botwinkle because he tends to go on a bit. Um, <laughs> Nick Lambros says that uh, whilst Hart did have Hogan's power of attorney, Giant is not the world champion. Dun, dun, dun. Nick Botwinkle confirms that WCW world title, as a result of shenanigans from Jimmy yes. Hart, is vacated and will be awarded to the winner of the World War Three Battle Royal. And here's where we get an interesting thing. So, well, a couple of things. Like, Botwinkle expressly said it was too dubious uh, and Jimmy Hart wasn't getting away with something like that. So WCW's, like, looking out for its talent and all this shit. Uh, but... There's just a kid and his dad sat behind Jimmy Hart this entire promo, and he's just sick of his life. He's just like, <laughs> and his dad's just next to him like, are you for real? Just like watching this all unfold. People are getting up on their feet, and they're just like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. This is terrible. You see Hogan. Um, but also, I don't know if this is the first time, but you get Kevin Sullivan saying the line... It's a 60-man battle royal, the biggest event ever. Do you think anybody can beat the Giant? And that, in a way, is kind of the first of how are they going to eliminate this guy? Look at the size of him for, yeah. for Paul White, which would go on to be a staple, as we know, of his entire career. Oh, how yeah. are they going to eliminate him? He's huge. But, of course, it had been done before, but it was just interesting. I was like, oh, is this, like, is this the first time it was ever kind of uttered? 
about yeah, him. I think I think that was it. That was Taskmaster's confidence in yeah. him surviving the Battle Royal. It is the first time someone said, no one's going to chuck him out, you yeah, dickhead. Like, how are you going to beat him? Because he because because the one thing they hype in these commercials for the war, for World War Three, they're very good at hyping it. Like yeah. WCW are very good at hyping to their their pay per view stuff. But then the, the pay per views happen. Yeah, but then the pay per views happen. They they they're good at they're, they're like snake oil salesmen. You know? Nice. <laughs> That's come in, it's brilliant. Like, we have the wrestling to cure your ills. That's and they brilliant. You know, come down, they set up their little stand. You come along to Nitro, which is their stand, and they're like, oh my God, I'm going to go home. I'm going to fucking call my pay per view provider. I'm going to tell them that I want this pay per view. And then you watch it and you're like, what? That hasn't cured my ills. It's made them worse. WCW promoters <laughs> are like snake oil salesmen. That's amazing. And you're right, because that's what this is. <laughs> Fucking snake oil. Um, they're hyping it up as like a giant in every ring. Yeah. And we know the giant is one of the giants. We know that the Yeti is going to be one of the giants. Mm -hmm. There is a third giant they're trying to acquire. Is it Zeus? Um, I know Zeus was in the conversation. Yeah. Um, but nothing was happening with that at the moment. They were still hoping that Giant Gonzalez might change his mind and they could okay. use him as the third giant. That's not happening either. Okay. It's looking like they're just going to go, the third giant is Hulk Hogan. <laughs> because fuck off. <laughs> they could have at, at least made it tenter. Giving yeah. him some lift. Yeah. Giving him like, you know, a three foot lift and he can be taller than everybody. I think at this point as well. Maybe I might, just I've... have him on wires, just kind of floating above everybody with mm. fake legs. And as long as he doesn't knock any, like, get knocked over, then you'll not be able to tell that these legs are just made of fabric. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great... Tenter's looking to all this week, isn't it? a great image. But <laughs> that, I believe, not Tenter, I believe at this point they'd also started having conversations with giant haystacks. Yeah. That would lead to the so, briefest of runs. Yeah, we're going to have Loch Ness make his uh, debut before long. and uh, I can't wait. What, what could have been, uh, but at the same time, a, a startling... Uh, display of, of how far wrestling had come as a form of entertainment uh, on both sides of, of the pond, right? Because World of Sport was a very huge deal and it focused heavily on uh, work rate and, and athletic style, you know, realistic presentations of catch wrestling, catch as catch can. And like, you know, it was very back and forth. It was very dynamic. It was very reversal heavy. It's the kind of thing you see Zack Sabre Jr. doing. Um, but it also had this element of, you know, just ridiculous energy, things like Big Daddy. It's like, mm. the guy can't fucking wrestle, save his <laughs> life, really. But like, you know, you put him in there with any kind of younger worker or, or one of the, the, the more like intense, you know, catch guys, they'd run rings around him. But the fact he was just so big and the fact that he was so easy to support and everybody was on his side and that was kind of what Haystacks was part of that side of World of Sport and yeah. our side of it when it's taken out of its bubble, I mean, it's already quite hokey, but wrestling as a whole is hokey, but it doesn't quite mash well into the, the American hokiness. And I think, that's when, kind of I think that's when British wrestling really got a little bit of a, not that it was like, you know, a watershed moment or anything, but I think it's, it's like a big example of how far removed our, our two worlds were at that point, because we were all obsessed with American wrestling by this point mm. over in the UK. And our indie scene wasn't exactly doing very well. And, you know, no, like, our indie we, scene is trash. We, we entered like a very long dark age and, and then there'd be small little kind of ooh, ooh, ooh. And then we entered another dark age and then ooh. And then we got the indie boom started to come through. And even then there were, you know, just dark days and, and it, would, it would kind of bubble and bubble. And now we've got WWE owning it. Mm -hmm. So like it, it's, it, we've, we've always had a bit of a weird 
disconnect there. Yeah. But at the same time, it, it's, yeah, we're going to see giant haystacks in a proper American off of the America wrestling. Doing that thing with Gene Oakland going, I'm coming for you, Hawk Hogan! I still don't know why they fucking called him Loch Ness. I just, I can't it's wait like to get into the, that. Just, Americans just wouldn't know what a Scottish person sounds like. All the all the same country. Oh, my England's God. all the same country. I mean, but then, yeah. but then you know what? We're just as bad because we'll go, "Hi, I'm from America," and it's like there's so many different. That's iterations. how they all sound. <laughs> what? I'm from America. <laughs> yeah, cowboys and guns. Um, that's so, what everybody in Maine sounds like. They got their, they got their wineries. And, yeah, <laughs> got me wine. <laughs> Uh, so WWE World Title is handed over to <laughs> top babyface Nick. Great. <laughs> top babyface Nick Ambrose leaves with the WWE World Championship. Next week, Savage versus Meng, Guerrero versus Johnny B. Bad, and Sting versus Dean Malenko. Nice. The, you know, I'm up for that. I'm looking forward to Johnny B. Bad versus uh, who was it again? Guerrero. Eddie Fuck. Guerrero. Yeah, that'd be nice. Some good wrestling next week mm. and Savage and Mang. Shame there was barely any this week. There was none this week. Well, that's WCW <laughs> for from, you. Apart from Guerrero <laughs> Benoit, they had a lovely time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, thoughts on this week's show? It was all right. You know, it, it's it, it very much, uh, we've said it quite a lot so far. We're only 10 episodes into Nitro, so it's still very much finding its feet. Mm. Uh, it's starting to get the, the idea of itself, though. It, it's getting its rhythm down, you know. I mean, admittedly, this show was a bit of a cluster fuck. Like, start, I'd be pissed off if I was in the audience and the show starts and it's just segment, 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 like pre-tapes. Yeah. And then, boom, there's your match. And it's like, okay, it takes a while to get into it. And, you know, the, as we know with wrestling now, I mean, Christ, how long ago was it we were saying this about WWE? It's like, why is we're all going to start with a 20-minute segment every week? Mm. Um it needs that variety, but it also needs to have a strong start. So if you're going to start with segments, you better hope they're in the fucking ring. Yeah. And you better hope that people can interact with it because unless it's like a really, really good pre-tape, especially at this time when people are paying really hard-earned money to to pay to see live wrestling and they're maybe getting a few matches for TV and a couple of dark matches, it's, it's a bit, yeah. Mm. And yeah. Well, well, we'll see how it finds its feet as we continue our journey on towards World War Three. On the Coltolic Classic Nitro Review until we're back together again. I can't call you less defined anymore because since we last no, did it, you've changed it. I am the Sam Driver now. Ah. I wanted to try and uh, get my name in there, but I couldn't get my name. So oh, no. I, I decided it was time to change it, but I'm keeping my old handle because I'm going to start doing some like weird video stuff just for fun. There you go. Yeah. But, but until then, you can find him at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Gamble on Twitter. We're at ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.
for all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes. Search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 